G'day! Welcome to On Minis Games. G'day and welcome to On Minis Games. My name's Charles Pritchard. And I'm Quentin Sarr. And this episode we're going to be actually talking about a specific game we've been playing. I mean, we've talked a lot about the games we've been playing, but this time we're going to go into a little bit more detail. Um, we're going to be talking about a game called Sharp Practice, published by Two Fat Lardies. It's a game that uh, we both got very excited about, I think. Mm. Um who saw it first? I can't remember. Did you I refer think, to me? Well, I am pretty sure that I listened to an episode of the Meeples and Miniatures podcast yep. where they talked about uh, Sharp Practice. Yep. Um, we'd had Ducks Britanniarum, which we we've had. had a lot of fun with. We have had a lot of fun with And um, we've talked about on previous episodes. Um, so I'm, can't, I'm not sure which one of us come, sort of stumbled across Sharp Practice 2 first, but it was released last year, yep. a new edition of the Sharp Practice Rules. Yes. And I think one of us suggested it. It got bounced around a bit, and then I you, bought the rules. You went full throttle with it. Oh, no, I bought the PDF. Yeah, which and was an not army. Later, <laughs> I bought the PDF first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true, yeah. <laughs> true. And then, I don't I, think there was much time passed between the purchase of the PDF and the purchase of the army. I'm sure there That's was... That's all I'm getting at. Oh, I'm sure there was at least 24 hours between yeah. the purchase of the PDF. <laughs> yeah. Because you had to commit as well, and yeah. it... Uh, it didn't take you long to commit either. Well, let's be fair. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I committed with a purchase. And we'll get into more about the miniatures a yeah. bit later, about my commitment in terms of how much I purchased. Yeah. We'll get into that. Mm. But anyway, so Sharp Practice 2, um, I think we've had a lot of fun with Ducks. Yeah. So- and, and those people who have listened to previous episodes know that one of the things that we really liked about Ducks Britanniarum was that it was a game, you put the miniatures down on the table and this sort of, this story happened around the game. Yep. It's 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 a game that revolves around your characters or your leaders. Mm. You have to have them. You can't fight a game without them. And the, the, the importance of your leaders, I think, appeals to both of us because that, that develops that story and that narrative. Mm. At the moment, we've just played a few practice games, so we really haven't got round to naming our characters and all that kind of stuff. But we're definitely going to get. We are yep. definitely going to get. Once there. I've assembled my models, more on that later. Again, and it seems to be the theme that comes out of a lot of Two Fat Ladies stuff. Mm. And I think we're really enjoying that that side, that narrative side, mm. and also the game mechanics, which we'll get into in just a minute. Um, so I purchased the rules. I. Sent them over to Giles. Mm. We both printed off sets. We've I'm going to be buying. I, I'm, I'm going to grab a copy of the rules. I think and, I am too. A set of the yeah. t- cards or tokens, I think. I, I think so. Yeah. I think the, I'm, I'm going to... I think um, PDFs are great and mm. you print them off, but I, I'm one of those people that once you get into a game, I really like to have the actual nice yeah, rule book. Yeah, absolutely. It's and, and nice to have. i got no... You know, like, I mean, it's not It's not like it's hugely expensive and no. it's nice to know that the money's going towards the company. Yep. I mean, you know, you already, we've already purchased PDFs, but I'm talking about in terms of the... You know, I, I certainly have no objection into in terms of you know spending a little bit more money for the company. No, to not at all. The rules um, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work, and the rules are solid and really enjoyable. Mm. And the company's really good. Not a problem. Yeah. Um, so the the core concept of the or the period of the game is basically the black powder area mm. era um, in the core rule book. Um, I think it starts from the American Revolution and goes all the way through past the American Civil War. 
Um, and then they've released a whole heap of, rule, whole heap of armies and periods mm. and rule sets in between. Basically, the idea is you'll have um, each each army list, you'll have a, a, a number of leaders. You have a set army list. Mm. You'll put them on the table. Your leaders will control certain groups. They'll lead them, they'll command them, and they'll give them orders. Each leader will have a certain amount of orders they can give each turn, and that can mean they can make a group march forward, they can fire, they can load, they can charge, all these kind of things. And it makes that your leaders are the most important things on the table. Mm. I think that's one of the things that both of us you know, really attracted to in a game yep. is the command and control system. Oh, very much so. So the way the game works, if you want, should we get into that? Well, let's get into that. So in you, we've been using poker chips in a bag yep um so we've been using these poker chips in a bag there's a bunch of blue poker chips a bunch of red poker chips the blue ones are all labeled with my leaders on them you know l1 l2 l3 l4 l5 same with yours um we've got a bunch of command tokens in there and then there's the black token in there called the tiffin yep um so you sort of rummage around inside the bag pull out a black uh, pull out a um token a token if it is a command card or a command token you keep it you can use the command tokens to give you bonuses during the game yep. uh, or during the turn. If it is the Tiffin, it ends the turn. Yep. Um, but if it's a leader, that leader activates. Yep. Then the leader gets a certain number of orders orders that they can give. And those orders can be things like, you you men over there, do something. Yep. And uh, then the unit you've activated or the formation you've activated gets up to two actions. Yep. Um, so you might have your L1 leader's got, you know, three orders. Orders he can hand out. He can, might an, he might activate that faction, uh, that formation, sorry, he might activate another formation, and then he might do some sort of ego massaging and some reassuring and, and take some shock off or, yep. you know, whatever it might be. So you, the leaders are the centrepiece. You, the, the, the only way you move your miniatures around the table is when a leader gives them the order to move. Well, sorry, there there are other ways, but mm. the, the leaders are the ones that are going to make your troops more effective. They're going to make you move more models at the same time. Yeah. They're the ones who are going to make you rally your troops. So without your leaders, uh, your troops, with any game, and this game is really to the point, as your troops take fire, they become less and less effective. Mm. The only way to get that back is with a leader. Yeah. You, if you don't have any leaders that are attached to groups and effective, you're just going to lose by attrition, even if you're rolling awesomely, you're still going to lose. The leader is so vital to this game. Mm. So, yeah, they, they activate. This, the core thing about the system of activation is that you're never going to be guaranteed who comes out next. Yeah. Or if that leader is going to activate at all. At all. Because you might, it, you know, it, we've had plenty of games before where it's been your leader, your leader. Oh, hang on, there's the Tiffin. It's end the of end turn. Of the turn. You know, uh, and to be honest, that's, that takes some getting used to. It does. Not everybody's going to like that style of system. I don't know. But I think, you know, when you play a game, it evens out, it number does. one. Number two is you've got to understand that this is about an experience yep. as much as anything else. You're playing out a story about your force engaging with the enemy yep. force. And, you know, sometimes things went well for a force and sometimes they didn't and those <laughs> circumstances were yep. beyond their control. Um, I've not played many, if any, games that model the ex- that 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 narrative experience yeah. as magnificently as this. The unpredictability of it is such a challenge that, and I really enjoy it. The tenseness that oh, comes it is. Yeah, you got from my 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 line infantry are lined they're, they're up. Ready. They're presented. They're in formation. They're ready to fire. 
Three turns go by out. and nothing happens. The officer's sitting there on his ch- champing horse, you know, the steam <laughs> coming from his nostrils. Send another messenger. I've ordered that unit to fire, damn it. Why aren't I hearing gunfire? <laughs> you know, that that's, uh, you know, that, that, the whole, there is a whole bunch of tension because then, you know, you've got the opponent's yep. force lined up. They're moving up. They're presenting and you're thinking, come on, my Who's God. Gonna be, who's going to? Come on. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it becomes that really tense experience. It does. And it's so story laden. It is. It is. It's uh, it's highly enjoyable. And then I think the way, so the way the game functions in terms of if you activate a unit, the unit gets two actions or the yep. formation gets two actions, and those actions can be move. Yep. Now moving itself is is interesting. You roll a dice. Um, and that's how many inches they move. Yeah, so you could move not One, much, or you could move six. pretty reasonably. And sometimes you don't want to move much, but you want to move a little bit, and sometimes you want to move a whole yep. bunch and you don't move at all. And that's the other interesting thing about the move mechanic is that we're in every other miniatures game, generally, pretty mm. much every, you choose how far you want to move. Yeah. In this game, you move what you roll unless you can give them an order that would be reasonably understood yeah. by troops in the field. Yeah, line up along that fence. Yep. Mm. If you can't give them that, like you can't just go move to that point. No trip. What point? Yeah, that what you talk yep. about that bit of grass. Yeah, that, 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 that patch of grass that's slightly mm. discoloured. Mm. No trip's going to follow that. So if you roll a five and you only want to move them three, mm. you've got to move them five. Yeah, uh, unless you can go line up between these two buildings yeah, or line I'm- up in line with this troop or. Yeah, reasonable order. I'm going to line. I'm going to move my line infantry up so that they're you know matching the edge of the farmhouse over yep. there. Um, you know, and at that point you roll. They may not make it. No, they may not. Yeah, but the heart might not be in it. The no, ground might be a little too bit rough. rough or- you know, uh, whatever it might be. So it, it's a really interesting that, that movement in itself is a really interesting thing. So movement's one action yes. that, a, that a unit can take. What are the others? So they can move. They can load. Yeah. Um, so loading takes an action. It does. Or two, depending on the weapon you have. So the idea that um, we're dealing with black powder weapons mm-hmm. that take a while to load, uh, it takes one or two actions. So normal muskets take one action and carbines take one action. A rifle takes two. So you can have, it, it, when you think about it, a unit can only be activated on generally once per turn. Yeah. They have two actions. Now, rifles are really good. But it's going to take you a whole turn to load them. Yeah. So, so my action is to load and to load, and now they're loaded. <laughs> now they're loaded, and they're just sitting there waiting loaded. for that unit yeah. in front of them to shoot at them. Yeah. So and it models that period though. It does beautifully. Yeah. It really does. It but does. Yeah. So I go on. So, um, so they can load. Is an action. Um, they can present, which with, is aiming. Basically. Which is aiming. Which is the idea of that era where front they would line up. The front rank would put all of them would raise their their, their muskets and mm. they would. Be ready to fire. And then the other order you can do is fire, which is basically firing. Mm. And there's specific orders. There's a specific order these orders can be given in. So with firing in this game, they've modeled quite well the idea that during the era one, professional soldiery wasn't that really professional. Mm. The weapon fire was loud. It was distracting. It was hard to control. Mm. So when you fire troops, if you don't present prior to firing, they become uncontrolled. So they're just basically guys, you know, loading muskets as far as quickly as they can. To stop them from firing, to get them to move, Mm. to stop this repetitive load, fire, load, fire, if you haven't presented and aren't controlling their fire, you have to actually get a leader to rein them in. So let's think about that for a second. I have my 
my musketman move up one action. Yep. And then load. Yep. Two actions. That's their turn. Yep. On the next turn, they might fire. Yep. And at that point, the firing becomes uncontrolled because they haven't presented. Yes. Uh, and so, in order to stop them from firing, and I might want to say, "Okay, stop firing now and, and move, move up." I've you, got to. You've got to get in. a lead. You've got to get a leader to order them mm. to move. Fine, but he's got to be able to. And there's a dice roll and a target number to be able to get them to move, mm. which I think is really interesting. The idea that he's got to be heard over this massive noise and clamor of all these muskets going off and the smoke that comes from it. It's really, again, evocative. The story behind it. It, it's an it's one of those things. It's a little thing. It's a mm. very small rule, but it adds to the whole. It really story of the, it, the game. It does, and it, what it does is it encourages you to move your formations, to move your your units up to get them in formation, to present, to load, yep. present. There's my turn done, by the way. Load, present, <laughs> yeah. and then fire. Yep. Um, and that, yeah, again, it becomes, you know, and you get these two lines of infantry yes. lined up, present, you know, load, present, fire, this this sort of meat grinder. Yep. Um, and, you know, what what another interesting aspect flowing on from that is that there really is a dual damage system in the game. There is. So not only are models removed and killed, um, which admittedly is quite hard. It's not. It's not easy to yes. do. Most often, units just accrue shock, which is a measure of their morale, their yep. mental sort of status. And as the the shock gets higher, mounts gets higher yep. and higher. That unit's losing dice out yep. of their pool that they're going to roll when they're rolling to, to cause attack. damage themselves. They're going to be they, at, at some point if they get too much shock, they're going to break. They're going to run away. Yep. I mean, losing men is important. But shock is vital, and the way the yeah. two interplay yeah. in terms of that you lose a man, and suddenly you don't need as much shock to break. Yep, you lose a man, suddenly you don't need as much shock to break, and 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 you were you were borderline panicking before, yeah. and now, now Gerald over there's been shot, and that's it. Everybody's gone. That's it. You They've know, had like, enough. Yeah. So and shock's too interesting. Is it restricts your movement? Mm. So when you have as shock builds up, you can't move as far towards an enemy. So it, the idea that as they're getting fired at, these troops are not just going to run into run into musket fire because they've been ordered to. Yeah. They, they've got their own. They want to live. Yeah, well, don't we all? So if they get, like, if you're getting shock building up and they're, you know, constantly being fired upon and they're going to go, I'm not going to move. Mm. No matter how much this, this, this officer orders them to move, they're going to stay there. Yeah. Or they're going to retreat. So shock is a really, so the, the, the two damage mechanics of killing and shock, and shock wins game as we've experienced. Shock mm. wins games. Yeah, absolutely. Shock is so important. So there's lots of and you know being a being a period game. There's lots of different forces as you mentioned. There's lots of army lists. Obviously, we've got the Napoleonic period. Yep. Um, in there, we've got you know with the Sixth Coalition. I think our forces are built around yep. Prussian. Um, I've got an English force. Yep. I mean, the two two fat ladies do a, a magnificent job of releasing for free too yes. a lot of army lists yeah. online to cover the American Indian Wars. Oh, this uh, heaps. You know, just just huge number of army lists for yep. a, a vast number of um of eras of eras within that Black Powder era. So you know, but what what's interesting is that is the different types of units as well. You've yeah. got your your infantry, you've got your cavalry, you've yeah. got your your skirmishers and your riflemen and your cannon and so forth. So yeah. 
you know, what what are some of the interesting things to do with some of the, 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 so the troop types? Well, the way they so given the era, like all your so there's there's a whole swath of so the main ones that most people will see are line infantry, which mm. are in blocks, they're in formations of ranked guys, and so you have a group which is you're generally with so with line infantry will be eight men. Mm. They've got to stay within one inch of each other. That's fine. Normally, most people, as we've done, will base them up base on a movement up. tray. So, they're nice and neat, easy to maneuver. Mm. Then what you can do is you can join units together in formations. So, you can activate them with one of your officer's orders. Mm. So, generally, what you'll see with line infantry is they'll be in one or two groups, will be in formation, moving together in that whole typical of the period and the era of mm. marching towards. And that's what your line infantry are the grinder. They're the ones that are going to stand there, prevent the enemy from coming towards you and mm. just take the hits. Mm. Then you have things like... So, line infantry come in, in normal line infantry. They come in light infantry, which is... Um, so, the the British had light infantry companies. My Prussians have fusiliers, mm. a light infantry. And they tended to be the better, well tra- more well-trained. Um, then you have skirmishers who could be armed with muskets or rifles. And they're designed to go ahead and screen the enemy. They'll generally be better shots. Mm. Um, and you can in the game, you can use them to actually screen your own troops to make it harder to hit them all. Yeah, and skirmishes yeah. are actually harder to hit. They're it's, harder to kill, sorry. You know, and, they, and, and they're, they're manoeuvrable because they, they get a free move. Yep, so they get an extra move. Um, they don't have to be in a close formation. They can be up to two inches apart from each other. They generally are easier to manoeuvre to, say, an edge of a forest or form up in... in, in in and around cover as they were in the period. So skirmishes can be really important and also they're better shots so they can hit more often. Yeah, and at a better range. Yep, and generally at a better range. So skirmishes can be really, but they're very expensive um, and there's only a few of them. They're generally coming groups of six. Mm. Then you'll have, and then you'll have other troops of line, other types of line infantry like grenadiers of the time or mm. you'll have the other ones so I can take, so my Prussians can take fusiliers which are light infantry or they can take musketmen. Um, you can take guard units, which are like your elite mm. guys. So there's lots of different line infantry, which is really cool. And then you have cavalry, which adds. We haven't played with yet, unfortunately. No, we haven't. Yeah. I'm looking forward to because yeah, I have so, yeah. two units of it. I have my hussars and my cuirasses, yeah, and they're, yep. they're chomping at the bit as, yeah. to, to be a pun. Ah, yep. ah, yeah. Um, and cavalry is in- interesting in this game because it comes into it that when they move, you choose whether they move at a walk, a canter, or a gallop. Mm-hmm. That then impacts on how hard they hit when they charge. But you can only change your speed one level a turn. So if you're walking, you can choose when you move them and activate them with an officer, mm. they can increase to a canter. And But then obviously their speed restricts how manoeuvrable they are. So, and then if you get into a gallop, yeah. you, can you can't just go back to a walk. No, you've got to go back to a canter and then back to a walk. And if you're, if you're galloping, you move really far, 3D6 inches. Yeah. You could run. Potentially 18 inches, uh, yeah. And the funny thing is, if you've got a savvy opponent who happens, you know, you've got it lined up perfectly, you're gonna, they're at a camp they're, or they're at a gallop, mm. right in front of this unit of infantry, he's going to run through this grate, and then you don't get the activation for mm-hmm. your opponent gets his officer, and he just sort of goes, oh, we're just going to move over here. Yeah. And now you can't turn. You've got to gallop your straight, you straight, straight through. Yeah. Miss them completely. So cavalry are really interesting. They're more manoeuvrable. They can hit really hard. Um, and there's other things that they can do further on because we actually have the campaign rules, which we might get into a little bit later, mm. which are really interesting. You were doing another episode yeah, of maybe, campaign just rules on campaign their own, rules. yeah. So you've got cavalry, and they come in different types, scouting cavalry, impact cavalry, mm. um, lancers, which is the time, uh, also dragoons, which carried carbines so they could shoot and they can dismount and shoot as well. And then you have artillery, mm. which I'm excited because I have I have medium artillery and my heavy artillery is on its way. Oh, that's why, yeah. And artillery is interesting that, 
one, unless you can have them in a formation, you need an officer to order each gun to fire. Mm. So, it can be very hard if you've got three or four cannons, which would cost a lot anyway. If you don't have a high-ranking officer there, you're only going to be firing one gun a turn or two guns a turn. But cannons can be very powerful, but also they're not very maneuverable like the period. And also, they take a while to reload. They they have restricted lanes of fire too. So, it's mm. there's... All different types. So, they're your main factions. And then you can have the the, the tribal factions of the time. Mm. Indians, uh, the Indian Mutiny. And they'll have things like mobs, um, tribes, which are loose-fitting groups of warriors. Then they'll have a clan, which is what their elite warriors. Mm. So, there's a whole heap of areas and, 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 and factions to play with, with different troop types, which add that. But that said... There's not a whole heap of different stats for everything. Mm. It's all the same stat line. It's all fairly tightly controlled. Um, the points aren't huge. It's not like you're getting, you know, one unit's worth, you know, one unit of normal troops is worth five points. The next unit's worth 30 points. Yep. All line infantry are between five, generally five and six or seven points. So, mm. it's even with the different abilities, it's all very close. It's very easy to get your head around. Yeah. So. And we've had a lot of fun playing it, haven't we? We have had heaps of fun. Yeah. And we've, we've played... Two, two or three, two games, or three yeah. games, and normally, unfortunately, Giles has limited Terrible luck, luck. Yeah. playing with me. Um, and I've won a game, and you've won a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shockingly, the first game was a bit was our first learning game, which mm. was one I won, which I really can't claim because we were both learning the rules. And I think I think it's fair to say, both in both instances, we were as well. We were learning. There, yeah. were, there were things that we did wrong in both. We were those games, but look, you know, the first in, the, in in you know the first one it might, might be only is it only two games? I can't remember. Two games, I think. Um, so in the first game, we played. You know, my guys, the other thing I find is really interesting, you don't just line your guys no, up you at, don't. at the beginning of the game. We should do that. The deployment, the deployment is really, is really, is really yeah. dynamic. So, in the game, you don't just have a deployment zone and line your guys up wherever you want them and everyone, you, you know, and then you go from there. Mm. In the game, you have deployment points, mm. which you, depending on the scenario, where you put them. And then troops, you never have moving deployment points. And yeah, you can have uh, with the idea that you have scouting cavalry sneaking around the battlefield and suddenly mm. they, they appear. So... The idea is when you start the game, there's no troops on the battlefield. Obviously, it can vary depending on the scenario, but generally, there's no troops on the battlefield. And as you, leaders get activated, they will bring troops on mm. with them. Within a certain distance of, of the deployment. The deployment point. So, and there are rules around that. So, you know, normally, so line infantry deploy within six inches of, or, yeah, within six inches of a deployment point. If there's no, if no one can see them, if there, another enemy model can't see them when they deploy, they add six inches to that. Mm. Then if you're the defender, you add another six inches to that. Mm. So you can end up deploying a long way from your deployment points, which is really can add an interesting tactical feel to it because who gets the first deployment? Where do you put them? Mm. And I think we found that in the first game. The, the where first game we played, we had a table where the, there was a sort of forests and, and a, a farmhouse and some um, fields. You know, fields and things like that. There was an open area sort of in between all of it, and my guys deployed very early. I was the defender. Yep. I ended up deploying line right out in formation in the center, sort of, yeah. you know, really close facing to my across point, your yeah. deployment point, you know. Um, and then my other, my others sort of on, a, on my left flank, yep. um, ready to sort of come in on the left flank. Um, and, you know, that sort of hamstrung me to some extent, well, you know. In the, so, and this was the point where I didn't actually activate in the first turn of the game. Mm. You deployed all your forces onto the table, and I didn't deploy anything. Mm. And the Tiffin card came up, or mm. token came up, and I never deployed. What then happened was, so, the, the mechanic with deployment is, when you deploy a unit with its leader, you can't move, but you can shoot. 
or you can present and fire with your two actions. Mm. So the problem that we found with that, and when Giles deployed so far forward, in his turn, in the first turn, he had nothing to shoot at. Yeah. So he sat, he put everyone's lined up nice and neatly and beautifully. They all presented. They ready. all presented, ready just in case. Then the second turn came around and all the activations came to my side. Yeah. So I brought my guys on, was able to position them within range of his, and then present and fire. So I got the first shot, even yeah. though his first turn, the first turn, he got all the activations. Yeah. Yep. So he got hit pretty hard in the second turn by all my guys coming on and being able to shoot first. Yeah, and you laid down a fair amount of shock on there my was. my core sort of line yeah. infantry. You know, we didn't use the skirmish as well. We weren't no. sure about the rules of them. Um, but, you know, yeah, once my guys started taking shock and they started falling back, yep. you know, that it was at that point, yeah, they really, you know, yeah. when, they, they really started to fold. Yep. So yeah, it was it was really interesting. My, you know, on the, the sort of the centre... Uh, they were pushed back onto one of the flanks yep. and sort of put in such a high degree of shock they were no longer a threat. Yep. You're, you were, you managed to peel units away from the, the centre there yep. as my guys sort of withered and put them up against mine on the flank who had sort of been in this stalemate, yep. sort of grinding backwards and forwards. Well, I think there was not a managing- few turns just... Staring at each other, yeah, just yeah, because no one, no one got the activation. Yeah, I, I, we we both were aimed at each other. Yeah, just the field. standing there, everyone. Yeah, who's no, going gonna, gonna, gonna to break first? And it was quite tense as yes. to which of the act, which of the leaders is going to get the activation yeah. first. Um, but yeah, that was that was really exciting. So yeah, why ended up losing that? You, um, as I said, you pulled some guys away from the center as my yep. guys melted away, brought them over to the flank, and that really managed to break the back of the yeah. unit that was doing really well for me. Because um, that started to sort of get a bit of an edge over the one it over did, you yeah. were facing, but when your when your guys from the center came in to reinforce the line, yep. that was that was it. I was done. Yeah. Um, so that was really really a lot of fun. And then the second game we played um, again. You know, you deployed early. Yep. Um, in that game. But I kept my guys, I think, back and in cover. You did, yeah. Yeah. But then you got the first shots off with the. So in this, in the, in the second game, we use skirmishes a bit differently. So we the use first, them a lot differently. Yeah. We use them as a screen in the first game, mm. which we played a little bit wrong. We know now. Mm. In the second game, we actually deployed them both forward into these forests facing each other, and um, I got an unbelievably oh, lucky roll, and and you just massacred my massacred skirmishes. your skirmishes. And I think that was not the turning point. But it definitely gave you an advantage. It because gave me a big advantage, yeah. and we'll get we'll get to that. So, uh, I, I had so my skirmishers sort of in the centre. Yep. There was sort of on you know to, to one side to their left was a big block of line infantry. To their yep. right was a big block of line yep. infantry. The skirmishers were up on a forested hill in the middle, in between the two. And I basically mirrored it. Yeah. It, essentially, it was on the opposite side. It was mirrored exactly the same way. Yeah, it was. And, and you, your your guys facing on my right um, were behind a fence line. Yep. I moved up. Um, we fired at one another. My guys really just were copping it. Well, they they took an absolute beating. They managed yep. to stand their ground. They did, yeah. But they took an absolute beating. You rallied a lot of shock. Off I, I my officers spent a lot of time rallying shock, and it turned out to be very handy that it I did, did so. Yeah. I hung around. My guys on the left moved up again. We were in this sort of meat grinder action, oh, we which wasn't going anywhere at all. No, you know, we we're both putting on one or two shock, one yeah. or two shock, not getting a lot of casualties. Um, and we we're in this sort of stalemate for a little while, yep. and then I pulled my skirmishers off the hill into the open field within a good range of the oh. flank of your of your line, yep. and they they melted, didn't they? They did. They, they just, just got one just fantastic round of shoot, or not even fantastic. It was actually pretty average. Yeah, the dice were average. It was just having, they were in the right position. Yeah, mm. good shots. 
on the flank of a unit, they just did well. Yeah. They just they piled up the shock and basically my units just started falling back and yeah. it was just, I couldn't recover from it. And it was at that yeah, your your that that flank for you collapsed. Yep. Um, I got I was, my revenge, though. You did, yeah. You, those skirmishers all got killed. They did. Yeah, they'd, they'd done their job. They did you know, a very they, good job, they, yeah. Uh, they were saluted afterwards. Poor Jenkins. <laughs> um, then, yeah, so then, then my guys that were left on that flank sort of wheeled around and started yep. pouring fire into into the, your line on the right. Yep. You were doing your best to rally the guys that yep. had fallen back, but at that stage it had probably it had gone too far yeah, yeah. um and and it, th- that was a really tense it was. back and forth yeah. um you know in, in terms of you know oh my my right flank was starting to crumble yep. um you know they'd fallen back and fallen back i just couldn't they couldn't i couldn't do anything with them yep. on the left flank it was this meat grinder action the skirmishers managed to to sort of break that stalemate and yep. that enabled that line then to pour an amount of fire in yep. and to really make some headway. Your your flank collapsed. I could bring my guys around the bear. You yep. know, it was it was a really yeah. tense and interesting game. So you know, it was it was it, yeah, it was really a dynamic experience. And you know, I think one of the criticisms of the period, certainly a criticism I would have had of the period prior to playing it is what's the – same, I, I suppose, with World War One gaming as well yeah. to an extent, where's the fun in lining yeah. two blocks of infantry up and rolling dice until one of them's dead? Yep. You know, it's the, – the game really is a lot more dynamic than that simple paradigm. It is. It is. It, it's part of it, and I think we're both – but that said, we've played two games with exactly the same we've composition. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, which is basically four groups of line infantry, a group of skirmishers, and three officers. Mm. There's no variation. There's no dynamic to the, the to the forces. There's still cavalry. There's artillery. There's different skirmishes. More skirmishes. Um, mm. There's riflemen. There's things that we have to bring into it that would add a lot more dynamicism to the dynamicism. Is that a word? It is. It now. is now. Yeah. To the game. But that said, it still felt interesting and fun, even though we were in this meat grinder of back and forth, which is which is typical of the period. But you know, that's what I liked about it, though. You know, you, you are in this meat grinder situation, yeah. and as a commander, you're sitting there, as a player, you're sitting there going, what am How I going to do it? to break this? And How you did am that I going to break it in the second game, it was perfect. You're like, you've gone, oh, what am I going to do? And you've got this unit of skirmishers sitting there. That we're having a duel with one, one skirmisher who mm. was left. Going, no, no, I'm going to ignore him and bring them down off the hill and try and break this mm. flank, and then it worked. It it was a really good move, perfect, exactly what you need to do. And it, and it became a turning point. And yep. I think that's what you've got to, you know, you've, yeah. got, to, you've got to search for those options and yep. and how am I going to break this star, mate? What can I do? And that idea of having forces in reserve, having ultimates yeah. there, skirmishes, riflemen, well, cavalry, that's, artillery. That's the other thing is that you don't have to bring your troops onto the table. Mm. You can choose not to bring your leaders and your troops onto the table. Hold them in reserve. Have a strategic reserve. It's really interesting in the way that that dynamic plays out. And I think as we bring more troops and more variation to the table and, mm. and even a larger force, it's going to be really interesting to, to see how you manoeuvre. We ended up playing on – we had a six-by-four-foot table and we probably played on two feet of it. Yeah. I think because of the way that, you know, line the, troops work. ended up deploying yeah. and, you know. It's the way line troops are going to work. You know, and had we bought cavalry or other things yeah. into it, we probably would have used a lot more More skirmishes. Yeah. You could, you know, I could imagine more skirmishes on the board would make a huge difference because mm. they're more manoeuvrable. You can get to the, Could you imagine if we had a skirmisher, more skirmish on each flank? Yeah, yeah. To bring around and try and bring in, you know. Oh, yeah, and what would you do at that point to yep. counter it? You know, yep. again, yeah. Yeah. 
Because they are um, lethal. You know, as much as I think a, a stereotype of the period is, it's just yeah. line them up and knock them down. It's really a lot more dynamic it is. than that. Yeah, a- and and you're very tentative about what what point you lock horns. Yes, because at the point you lock horns, getting Stuck. out of that, it's very hard. You're not going to do it without no. getting a bloody nose. So you've got to look at a wave. Okay, am I ready to lock? You know, am I ready to lock horns over here? Yeah. And if I am. How am I going to get out of it? Yep. You know, what am I going to do to break yeah. that deadlock? I think that's it, it, it. It's it's an extremely evocative and story laden yeah. game. Yeah, oh, I'm looking forward to definitely playing a lot more of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, we've got the campaign system there as well, which looks yep. really interesting. I think that's something we can. I talk think we can about chat in about. Episode. Yeah, particularly, I think we're gonna we're looking at probably starting. It's the campaign system is usually two people with a with a, a referee, a referee mm. and we're looking at trying to figure that one out soon so i think once we've maybe got into that a bit we'll do a review on the campaign yeah, system that'd be good the um so yeah look in, in terms of a game system you know how are you feeling about it i say this about a lot of games mm. i really love it yeah i i love how varied it is i love how and that said we haven't gone through all the mechanics of the game mm. we've done a very very brief overview there's a whole bunch of stuff to do with there's, formations and special oh, orders and yep and the what the command tokens do a whole heap of stuff and the way it plays how unpredictable it is. Mm. Plus, I love the miniature. I love the era, the idea of these, you know, marching yeah, in yeah. with it. It's just great. I really love the game. Mm. Um, it's probably one of the best rule sets I've played in a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, without having, I will be the first to admit that a lot of the games that I love are because I've got a lot of nostalgia attached to them. Yeah. Um, if you looked at the actual rule set, like as a, as, you know, how well it's written, it's all right. Yeah. This rule set is really robust and I really enjoy it. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, there are a few rule questions that come out of the, the there rule are. book. Um, you can find the answers to those on the Two Fat Lardies forums. Um, the FAQ. Good, yeah, the FAQ is good um, for that. When we found that. <laughs> yeah, when we found it. <laughs> that helped. Um, but, you know, you know, you to some extent you do expect that with, with oh, any, you know, yeah. there's any rule set out there that doesn't have no. some um, issues like that. But, look... I think these are a really solid set of rules as yep. well. I'm having a lot of fun. I just, you know, uh, it's just one of the it, for for a period where I wasn't expecting a lot. Yep, it's delivered a huge amount. It has. Um, you know, the the story coming out of the games, I just am absolutely adoring. You know, I can't wait to put more figures on the table yep. to try out some different scenarios. You know, there's name the, the name the leaders, name the leaders, and start getting some. Well, you know, and but here's a you know, there, there's rules for having civilians. You know, you yep, might need to go, and, you know, you know, rescue a spy, or you might need to go and, yep. you know, whatever it might be. So there's all these scenarios and things like that to explore as well, well which I'm looking forward to. And like one of the rules, dueling, you can get into duels with your leaders. Mm. And you can actually, the funny thing is the victory in the game is done by a battle tracker, which is overall force morale, and for certain things you lose it, you roll dice. One of those is backing down from a duel. Mm. So if you dishonorably go, no, I'm not going to duel you, no, mm. you actually lose force morale as you're, you know, the idea that your troops are going, why is he not fighting that guy? Yeah, like, yeah. why? He's an officer, so he's a gentleman. He's not going to fight him. <clears throat> why should I? Well, and then the, on the other hand is you can actually honorably decline a duel if they're not a gentleman. Mm. So if you face, you know, say uh, uh, in the Indian in the Indian rebellions, you face a, an Indian warlord, you can choose not to duel because he's not a gentleman. That's actually not a loss of face. Yeah, yeah. And just these these ideas, these this concepts of the period. Sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look, it's a you know, and it's not it's not uh, overly expensive. If you head no. over to twofatlardies. No, I think it's dot co dot uk. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, or do a Google search for them. Um, fantastic set of rules, and, and yep. we recommend them highly. Definitely. So, 
talking about that, Two Fat Lardies are a rule producing company. You know, we've talked about Ducks Britanniarum, we've talked about Two Fat Lardies. Um, they do a great job in terms of support on their site. Yep. Downloads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they don't sell miniatures. No. So what are we, you know? Perhaps a lot of miniatures gamers are used to going to a company and it's the one-stop shop. Yep. It's a miniatures company that produces rule sets. You know, more or less, depending on the company, to sell their product line. Yep. What are we doing in terms of miniatures for this particular game in this particular period? So I think um, two fat ladies in their rule book. Their their photography is on a twenty-eight millimeter scale. Mm. Um, we dis- we had a bit of a discussion about what we were going to go into and what scale we were going to do. You tend to have more of a penchant for 15 mil. Yeah, I like I like um, small scales. I wouldn't mind doing a I back a six mil scale, yep. but yeah, um, I'm more of a 28 mil gamer. Mm. Um, I think. We had a bit of a discussion, and then I went and bought a shitload of miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, fine. 28 mil it is. I'm getting more used to, with Infinity, Mordheim, Necromunda, yeah. um, I'm getting more used to the concept of 28 mil. Yeah. I mean, you know, I started gaming in 28 mil. I just, you know, I moved into DBA and DBM after yep. my 28 mil period, and I just love that scale. I really do. I so. think. Uh, and that's my struggle at the moment. I need to get back in. I think we're, we're looking at it in a few other games that we've sort of got on the sidelines mm. that we might get into. I have some 6 mil and some 15 mil, mm. and I think I will get into it. It's just me getting that mindset and that painting mindset. It's um, different. Yeah, it's a different game. But it will be quicker for me. And this is what I'm, I'm struggling with and why I need to smack myself across the back of the head. I might actually get a lot of miniatures painted yeah, because yeah. it's smaller. Yeah, that's right. So, in the end, we, we, we went with 28 mil. And yeah. I think, yeah, 24 hours later, I had ordered <laughs> a lot of models. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't read the rules at this stage. And I just I very lazily said, Quentin, what do I need to buy? <laughs> and uh, you gave me a list. So, it was. we ended up going with a company called Perry Miniatures. Yes. Um, these are the Perry Brothers, so uh, yep. X Games Workshop, Rackham. I think they I think they work for Rackham at, at different stages. Yeah. Um, look, wonderful sculptors. Oh, awesome. Um, the 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 miniatures uh, a realistic scale, yep. twenty eight mil scale, um, historically accurate. You know, uniforms, yeah. weaponry, etc. And plastics are just beautiful to put yeah. together. Yeah. Some some are more modular. The British plastics are very, very modular. The mm. Prussian plastics, not so much. They tend to be just in marching positions. Um, again, the British models are newer, mm. and that's just the evolution of any any sculpting and, and miniature. I think the Perrys have been producing miniatures in white metal for quite a while. Mm. Plastics are relatively new for them, mm. and we say relatively, like two, three, four years is relatively yeah, new when sure, it comes yeah. to these things. So. As they develop, they'll get more modular with things. So um, I've got Prussia. I've got a lot of Prussian line infantry now. Um, I have no complaints, even though they're all marching. Mm. You're assembling the British line infantry at the moment. Oh, a lot of my the front ranks sort of presenting, and yeah. then the rear ranks loading yep. um, for the most part. And yeah. I'll look for some marching yep. options as well for some of the other like line infantry. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, look, they're, they're really nice to put together, those models. Um, they look good. They're, you know, they're, they're nicely detailed. Yep. Um, I use them again, a pair of miniatures for my Mordheim band as yeah. well and, and love those. So they make some and they make a lot of, so Perry miniatures make pretty much every era you could play mm. sharp practice in. Mm. Sometimes you don't have all the models, but that's with any kind of sculpting mm. you don't get. I've, I've ordered 99%. Ninety-five percent of my models from them. So I think my first order was eighty line infantry, uh, mm. two cannons, a unit of of hussars, some officers. Yeah, and it's since been expanded to a unit of cuirasses, uh, some twelve pounder cannons, yeah, some heavy cannon, more cavalry. 
Well, yeah, the curio- I've got to order the Orlans and the, um, oh, yeah, and the yeah, Dragoons yeah. yet, but that, that might be a bit later. <laughs> we'll see how we go. And some Fusilier skirmishes as mm. well. So I've got pretty much the buildings of quite a large force. So generally in the game, a force size will be somewhere between four and six units, groups of light infantry, mm. a couple of groups of skirmishes, and maybe some cavalry or cannon thrown there. Um, anything bigger than that's a larger game. So we're talking about, what, 40, 50 models on the table? Yeah, yeah. Probably about that. Maybe maybe as high as 60 is a general average mm. game, um, and they're all ranked up. So it's not a huge... It's, it's not a skirmish game. It's probably mm. a small a company size yep. game, however you want to imagine them represented. So if you want to imagine a group to be a battalion, well, that's yeah, that's fine. You've got an officer there, but... Mm. In twenty eight mil, one guy, you know, we like. I think we probably like the idea of small units. Yeah. Um, these individual guys being led by their lead, you know, an officer, and mm. they know him, and they 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 follow him because of that. When we get to the point of naming all our officers, we will, and things yes, like that, yeah. as we will do, yeah, as we do. So yeah, I've got that much, and you've you sort of went off the list that I gave you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, got, so I've just got all my British yeah, so, ready to go. So I've got some riflemen assembled, and I've got uh, some line, some muskets, uh, musket line uh, assembled, uh, and I've got a bunch to to do yet. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think you've got enough. Two boxes of British line infantry, which is enough to do. I think there's thirty six in the yeah. box, um, and then some. Uh, hussars as well, two cannon, mm. um, and some skirmishes, skirmishes some yeah. light infantry skirmishes as well. And some rifle. Yeah. yeah, so and then the rifleman there. So it's enough for us to play. Um, I think the average, if you're going to go with points, the average points is somewhere between 50 and 70, 80 points. Mm. We've got enough to play a 100-point game. Mm. Um, so that's quite large. Um, so, yeah, uh, we've gone out with our basing to we've ordered why ordered from yeah that actually speaking of basing so um all the all the peri plastics come on the little mushroom bases yep. uh the models um look they're really easy to you know if you're going to throw them on yeah. an mdf base or something like that we went with back to basics yeah, which is so, an australian based company as yeah. i understand so i've i've previously used a lot of their their movement trays for mm. my fantasy stuff yeah they i've got the painting racks yeah um, which i so have i mm. they do awesome they do see doesn't really the guy's named sean yeah. um he's a lovely guy very helpful um i've bought a lot of stuff i've bought probably three sets of painting racks from mm. him um his latest iteration are awesome they're screw together yeah and they're all laser cut either laser cut um acrylic or acrylic MDF. or mdf mm. they're like anything they they cost money but they're just beautiful and they're they're very, very easy to use and put mm. together, and they make life a lot easier with your painting. Yeah, well, I've got the painting rack over there for yeah. them, and it's fantastic. And the basing system was their Magna Flex or something? Magna Flex and base kits. So yeah. basically, they, they have a movement tray that has a, a piece of uh, a, a, a adhesive rubber metal sheet. Mm. So you glue your base, which has three sides, put the rubber metal sheet, and then they have pre, pre-cut 20 mil or whatever size bases with pre-cut holes to put magnets in. So all our bases are magnetised. Our infantry is not going to fall off. Um, we can even transport them that way. Yeah, I think that's the key. Yeah. That, that, to me, I think, you know, when, when I was like, oh, I don't really need the magnet yep. bases. <laughs> They'll be fine. And then I was, when you said, oh, they're easy to transport, you brought all your guys over in the box, they're all, they're all yeah. in their formations. They're not spilt all over in one corner of the box or anything like that, like mine would have been. Yeah. Um, I was like, I can see a real use for that, yep. like you know, because they transport-wise, and and anyone who plays miniatures games knows that transport is a is a legitimate issue. Yep. You know, you have to take your models over to your friend's place to play or down to the club to play. Um, it's not a small thing to do. No. 
uh, especially when they're painted and you've spent hours painting yep. them. Look, having them, you know, all based so that the that they're they're hard to budge. Yep. And you know, easy to transport. No, that's that's yeah. been brilliant. Yeah, they've been great. I think in particular with regimental games or mm. games where, um, so when you play a game like Infinity or Warhammer Forty Thousand, where you've got individual guys who never get ranked get ranked up, mm. trays are designed for them. They go into all the individual slots. Mm. Games like Warhammer or Kings of War or, in our case, Sharp Practice. Which are built about units. Yeah, I think I cannot think of anything more tedious and pain in the ass than taking 100 units, 100 individual models off movement trays and putting them into little slots mm. and then having to take the whole bloody things out and put them back into their movement trays. Oh, yeah. No, no. So this really sold it for me because it means also I can drill a little hole, a couple of little holes in the movement tray, mm. and I can work out a storage solution where I can just put the tray into a metal sheet or something, tool, toolbox yep. or whatever it might be, and it will stay there. And in particular with these models, they've got bayonets on the end of their muskets that oh, yeah. are incredibly fragile, and, and they bend even and sharp. You, you stab st- into your hand. You will stab yourself with a plastic bayonet, and. <laughs> Believe it or not, it will penetrate skin. Yeah. <laughs> as it, as the Lord intended. Yes. And particularly when you've got eight of them all pointing up and yeah. you've got to put your, No, that's very painful. Yeah. So these movement trays have been really, really fantastic. Mm. Um, a lot of people make them. I've always gone with Back to Basics. That's just my preference because he does the whole kit and the magnets. Mm. He does a whole range of movement trays. It's it's Back to Basics and Basics is spelled B-A-S-E-I-X. Yeah. So they're an Australian site. If you're looking for some movement trays plus anything else, painting racks, he does a whole heap of stuff. Mm. Um, awesome site, definitely have a look, and they're working really well for us. Yeah, oh yeah, no, I'm, um, yeah, they're, they're working really well. Very happy with them. So, is there anything else to add in regards to sharp practice? I think you know we we talk about you know potentially doing another episode down the track yeah. after we've had a, a crack at the um, campaign game. I think so. I'm sure we'll put some more in here as we as the further episodes in a bit of an update when mm. we have more games and how it turns out with uh, the extra units. Just as a quick follow-up, but I think we're definitely, it's going to feature quite heavily on our playlist for quite a while. Yeah, well, all signs are that, yeah. that this is a game we're going to get to the table a lot this year. Yeah, I think so, mm. hopefully. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Yeah, no, should fantastic. be good. All right, well, that seems to be sharp practice for us. Yep. All right, uh, definitely one worth checking out. Um, two Fat Lardies are the publisher, twofatlardies.co.uk. Uh, well worth checking them out. Until next time, this is Giles Pritchard. And I'm Quinton Sung. And uh, as always, again, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so at onminisgamespodcast at gmail.com. Oh, you can jump over on Twitter or wherever you can be found on Twitter, Quinton. Got a uh, I actually don't have a Twitter account. Right. Do I have to get MySpace? one? No MySpace. Am I backwards? I'm, I'm a bit backwards. I wasn't saying that. Just Are you implying? I'm Are you implying, implying anything? anything? No, no, not, not at all. Not in the slightest. I don't have a blog. I don't have a Twitter. I don't have MySpace. You've got to start a blog. I was going to. And like anything, the hardest part is starting. Sharp practice. Oh, it was just going to be a picture of my room, <laughs> which is just... It was going to be called a room full of resin. And I have actually registered it. I really should get it up and running, yeah, you shouldn't should. I? Yeah, you should. A room full of plastic now. Well, no, still mostly resin. <laughs> no, by the overwhelmingly still overwhelmingly. resin. Overwhelmingly. Yeah, you know, you're right there. Well, I put my, my Chinese into a into a case. Yeah, for dystopian the, yeah. wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, you put them in a case. I put them in a, a mm. big, big, massive movement carry case and nearly broke my back trying to list the damn thing. So, mm. definitely overwhelmingly resin still. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. You've been listening to On Minis Games. Unminis Games is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported License.